This is for the nerds, this is for the brainiacs, this is what we deserve. Go ahead and play it back, you ain't gonna touch me, you not gonna do nothing, you are not above me, I bet you wish you was me, I know it, I know What is poppin' everybody? And welcome back to another special episode of the Only Friends Podcast. Well, you know, I'm here with Tortue! <laughs> He just can't get it right when I'm uh, here, and I now know. it's out of spite. I think spite. he did it on purpose. No, it's out of he spite. I know it's out of spite. Definitely out of spite. Yeah, yep, this is spite. I yep. could tell. I could tell. But he is here with his only friends. I could tell today was the day that the the intro was going to end. Mm. Uh, Lamana gave him the weakest courtesy laugh whenever he said Tortuga there, and that's how I know that this has finally run its course. <laughs> the bit is over. The, bit, the bit's the dead. Bit it's, dead. It's great. <laughs> it was well run. You know, you did a great job, Conrad. We appreciate it for as long as it lasted. You don't but get to try to put my uh, knife in my bit like that. I'm not no, putting a knife runs. in anything. I, that bad boy runs. You no, can, you, you can just play it back, and you can you. hear Lamanda's courtesy laugh, and then you'll understand exactly what I'm talking about. How about bring right. it back after I win a live event? No. no. Just don't bring it back. It's gone. It's okay, you know? It was good. It had its, like, month. You and guys now- are just such misrags. My God. <laughs> Dusty asses. Uh, I mean, if the bit was good, we'd let the bit slide. Yeah, I agree. The bit was amazing. The special episode with your only pause friends is good. We like that. We'll take that. No, it's Tortuga. It's out. Duh. No, yeah, it's Tortuga. It, like Even that. with Tortuga, it's out. Don't yeah, worry, actually, you can't that. single out Brian like that. That is true. It's, it's very unfair. Uh, he's not even your sidekick. It's true. You know, that is true. But he's my sidekick's little butt. No. 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. Not, it, it, this is very insulting to all of us. Oh sidekick adjacent. God. Yeah, he's barely sidekick adjacent. Yeah. He's just yep. the elder statesman of the group. I'm the, I am the low manager. He's basically the world traveler and knowledge holder <laughs> of the group. Mm-hmm. Might be the only person who has fewer stamps on his passport than me in this room. Do I have fewer than you? He did go to Turks and Caicos once. I have Mexico, I have uh, Bahamas, Mexico, and yeah, you got all the same Do I have the most in this room? Mm, I can challenge. Okay. Oh, okay. I then challenge. Uh, let's see. Madrid. Wow. Amsterdam. Wow. Rome. Got wow. You in. Mexico. You really put that. Uh, you really put Europe that. only counts as one. I've been to Mexico seven I've been times. To so. Buenos Aires. You really put that uh, juiced out twenty year old body to use, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Those are the good old days. Those days are over, Matt. Yeah, He's passed the torch. Just hitting up yeah. the hostels, you know, fucking out there in the discotheque all night long. You can't but, see him right now, but he's nodding his head in agreement. Yeah, shirt, uh-huh. shirt pulled up a little, a little high for the abs to I, show. I have two. I have two words for you, Matt. Mm. One of. <laughs> Still means nothing to me. Guapo was out here wearing crop tops before it was cool. I love inside jokes. I would be part of one one day. Hey, happy 316, everybody. Big shout out to Steve Austin. Steve Austin. Today is, mm-hmm. uh, today is Steve Austin 316. God, I should have brought a beer, smashed them together, and chugged them. Yeah, I was <laughs> watching clips this morning to see if we could play any of them, and then I realized the WWE is more... Uh, more anal than yeah, poker go when yeah. it comes to playing their clips. We get we'll get no money. Yeah, they just fucking snap end. I like how some days we decide we want money, and other days we decide that we don't well, want. It depends money. how good the clip is. Right, right, right. Yeah, like yeah. seeing stuff. I mean, honestly, we could just roll a gif, it? and it would accomplish the same thing without getting flagged. Sure. So Maybe. that's 
there's the workaround, Landon. You see, that's that's why I'm brains of this operation, man. There are some days where you just say, "Fuck it, we're getting no money today." Well, some days the clips are that good. Yeah, you know, if I'm gonna watch a Steeler highlight reel, um, <laughs> I'm willing to sacrifice the fifteen dollars like, that uh, our video would make. Like the fuck. play Renegade. No, what is it? What hey, is it? Siri, play Renegade. It's the uh, oh, the immaculate mama, reception is what it is. Oh yeah, we got we got flagged for that one. The, yeah, but yeah. You, you, worth you, it's it. worth it. See? Worth it. Yeah. If it's Steelers content, if it's Pirates content, it's allowed. Guapo's our Siri. Hey, Guapo. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> hey, Renegade. Hey, Guapo. Si, senor. Un momento. Uh, <laughs> um, a couple of news and notes. A big shout out to Cherish Andrews, who won the Down Bad Win 400. <laughs> Why do you every tournament I play is a down bad tournament? Yes, understand. exactly. Why is, exactly. Why is, That's why the is barometer. Why is it a down bad tournament? Like, I played that. Yeah, you're a wreck. <laughs> so if Lamana played, it's down bad. No, it's up good. Your 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 ABI is like six fifty. Might good. actually be tree fitty. We talking about online? No. No, nah, it, can, it, can't, it can't be tree fitty when the lowest thing they he'll play is a four. That's no, true. That's I true. mean, you played you play the 100 at you the Golden know Nugget, what, right? Here, I, here's my 2023 I'm not ABI. doing this math, man. No, but he's got that. You got an app for Over, yeah. under 300. Let's see. Over. Over, under 500. Over. Over. Uh, where are we at here? For I'll take under 675. Live. Average. I'll take the under on 675. For his I'll ABI say, or I, overall, like even with action selling? I would say 500. Overall with action selling? With action selling, over 675. I'll take under 675. I'll take under. 20 push-ups. Booked. Done. Uh, you still owe me a fucking ton. I can I reveal the answer? Yeah. Yes. 841. Let's go, baby! And you owe me 20 more. You forgot that. Tortoise in the 35. Yup. Yup. I know my tortoise. Take out the 3500 and tell me what it is. Less than less 841. Than, yeah, less than 841. <laughs> That's right. He got got. He got, got. Uh, we got him so good. I've gotten so much better at prop bets since. Oh, man. Wow. I've only played. I didn't play that many. 14. 14, tourna- 14 mm. live tournaments this year. Not enough, man. Wait. That, we're down, not enough. It's we're March. Down, we're down 5,300. <laughs> That's kind of nothing, though. What do you mean? Uh, you're, down like, you're down like six and a half buy-ins. Six and a half buy-ins, yeah. bro. He's a recreational. He can't afford these swings. But, but I think I'm actually up. Live myself, yeah, because wow. I did well in all the ones that I didn't. That you didn't sell I for. I didn't it. sell for. Fucking scumbag. Sorry, scumming sorry, us. people. Sorry, people. Scumming us. Hey, was it Kilbane that knocked out fifty push-ups on the pod? Yes. Yeah. When does he come back? I don't know, but I think he still owes me something. He still too. owes you. He still owes from the podcast when I won the last longer. You still owe push-ups from when I won the last longer. You both still owe push-ups when I won the last longer. And I did my push-ups on the podcast, so... I will do them whenever you want me to. Except for today. <laughs> except for today. Any, anytime tomorrow and beyond. All right. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll do them when, I, the, when the girls are here tomorrow. Uh-huh. Flex on them. Push-up off. Yep. Um, another big shout-out to Victoria, who... She final tabled the 2200, right? She did. At the win? She got fourth for... 47k. Uh, okay. Was that the 2200 or the. It might have been the 3k6 max. Yeah, it was a 3k. I think it was the 3k6 max. Yeah. Okay. She ran deep in the 2200 as well, I believe. Yeah. Um, find it. Anyway, she had a good series at the win and she is currently a massive leader on the ladies' GPI player of the year for 2023. So this isn't the same, obviously, as the, um, the GPI overall rankings. I'm not sure what player of the year. Gets. I think this is what Angela Jordison won last year, if I'm not mistaken. I, I could be off, though. Um, 
So I'm not sure. Oh, wait, maybe is the player of the year what gets the GPI award? Yes. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just who was at the top of the GPI. So there's two separate qualifiers. There's the GPI list, which Cherish is still leading. And then there's the GPI player of the year 2023, which Cherish is like 12th. It's like the rolling list, right? Right. Like the, the, ro- the GPI is the rolling list right. for where you rank year over year. Uh, and then there's the player of the year. So is the award goes to the player of the year? The then? award goes to player of the year. That makes okay. sense. That makes, Steven Song that won sense. player of the year and mid-major player of the year. Right, right, right. Okay, yeah. That makes sense. Anyway, huge shout out to Victoria. She has a commanding lead right now with 1,223 points. Uh, next closest is uh, Baby Shark Christina Gollins yeah. for 775 points. It's early, but 400 points is a lot of points. Guys, to I give think- you an idea, Cherish just won this event and she only has 400 points. So Wow. I think we're uh, I think we're going about this all wrong. Go on. Um, the tortoise like, has spoken. Well, everyone's trying to like get more women into mm-hmm. the into like you know grow women in poker. Seems like that's bad for our battle, our bottom line. <laughs> <laughs> Brian keeps getting every, no, I'm, I'm just, Every time I open Twitter, another woman has won a tournament. <laughs> yeah, right? they're just crushing it right now. And the more they come in, then I how am I going to win? <laughs> <laughs> So I, this is just bullshit. Let's get them out. Let's get them all out of here. <laughs> I'm obviously joking. The mad tortoise is mad. Brian can't cook anymore. Did you guys, uh, Poker Face Ash, won a ring? Did you yeah. guys? Did, we, I, yeah, we talked about, talked about it, it yesterday before I got here. Yeah. I have to tell you, Brian. Congratulations to her. Uh, you know, not to not to give you too much of a, a counter argument here, but if we eliminated the women from the list and searched you, uh, you wouldn't bump up that far. <laughs> I would not. I would not. But at least you, maybe have a shot. You would still be buried. <laughs> buried in the thousands. Buried in the single thousands. Yeah. Man, there was a point where I was where I had cracked the top hundred in GPI. Really? Yeah, like well uh, that, after when your big World Series, maybe there was like well, no, there was it wasn't no, it wasn't even then. It was uh twenty seventeen and twenty eighteen. I had back to back years where I cashed over a million. Yeah. Or 2016, 2017, maybe. I don't, I don't no, remember. you crushed those years, yeah. Yeah, but sure. like... You uh, never won anything, but you crushed. Yeah, <laughs> man. And looking back, like, I was enjoying that so much. And when I look at the entire scope of my career, there's only like four years that I can pluck out where I had tournament success like that that was truly enjoyable. The other 19, or the other 16 or whatever, awful. Imagine if you applied yourself. No, 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 not now. <laughs> maybe then, not now. No? Tournaments are too hard, man. Are they? Get out of tournaments. Everybody, listen. PSA. Connie, give them the CSA. Get them out of the tournament streets. Tournaments Come are, to cash. Tournaments no, are amazing. No, no. Don't listen no. to a word he right. says. Tournaments right. are so awesome, guys. Miserable Have life. any of you ever... Where in, in the cash streets can you take $400 and turn it into $42,000? Yeah, All you every, have to do is mm-hmm. run up the stakes, bro. Rampage has fucking done exactly that. <laughs> Okay. Oh, if you play with Rampage, yes, you can do that. Okay, no. <laughs> Look, it's, it's the Martingale system. Listen, have you guys ever looked at ICM? What a complicated system of, uh, of a model. You don't want to learn that. Play more tournaments. You want to know great. how you avoid ICM? Just come play cash. Everything's easy to study. The stacks are always the same. The blinds never go up. Sometimes we throw in some straddles and stand-up game for fun. You know, it's a great time. Everybody. This is your pitch? Everybody should come play cash. Mm-hmm. This yep. is your pitch? This yeah. is my pitch. That's nah, not going to work. I'll tell you how I'm going to strengthen my pitch, too. It don't look good, cuz. I am going to... I am going to... I'm going to push for the implementation of turning cash games into uh, a hybrid of the game show Survivor, mm-hmm. where every three hours, 
someone gets voted off the table. You vote off been, the island. I've been saying yeah. this for years. Yeah. I think, I think it's true. That's actually great. The, I think and it should great. be every three hours. Fuck that. It should every be every 30 hour. minutes. Or every, <laughs> that's way too... You're, why do you say things that are so, so every, down bad? Every hour. Oh, yeah, every hour. Every 15 hands. We're well, going to vote someone off the island. You, well, no, but the problem is when you're playing at low stakes, people don't... St- it's like you don't play with people for three hours. Okay, and well, like then, you then, saw, then you there's no a, problem. No, well, you ha- might have a good... If there's a nit there that isn't there for three hours, he's not a problem. Well, I mean, you might have a game that's good at, in the moment, and you might want to get somebody off right. that table. Right, what happens if you have three nits there? Uh, then you have to play nine hours to get them off, and then... The, uh, all right, fine. Session. If you stay for 12 hours, you get a superpower voting one nit off the island whenever you please. <laughs> also, if you have three nits at your table, who cares? That's just three dead seats in a nine-handed game. Like... <laughs> You, you guys are going about this all wrong. You're fucking tournament players, man. You, you well, get no say. Every hour. Yeah, well, I mean, I can't vote somebody off of, of a off the tournament table. I have to bust them. <laughs> Same I thing. Want, if I want them gone, that's if they're your, annoying me, that's I your veto power. Yeah. Get honestly, it in bad and suck out. Honestly, yeah. it's probably like, would be the best ever. You get rid of everybody, stop playing. Yeah. Everybody would audition for an hour each time. And I, bro, you say that as though like an hour in live poker is a lot. Like, That's right. You can audition. It's legitimately sometimes fifteen to twenty hands. It doesn't matter. You don't have to play any hands for the fucking fifteen to twenty minutes. Just talk and be entertaining. It'd be fun. Making people don't want to vote you off. Fat. This is this is the biggest fat you've ever met in your <laughs> this entire is life. Survivor. When 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 Will Jaffe made that video about fake action pros, he mm-hmm. was literally talking about Conrad. <laughs> I mean, no one's a bigger fake action pro than that man over there. He is a fat. <laughs> Faps all fucking day long. Damn. No, I'm not a fake action pro in that way at all. But fap. <laughs> Why are you doing your bro like this? Because he is, and he's saying bad. He's saying down bad things right now. No, he's, hurt, I'm not. He, he's hurting you. I'm, so you're I'm gonna saying, add hominem. I'm saying great things, and whatever. The only fake action. The interesting fuck. thing is, this could potentially do away with all private games, because if people are smart. They'll have to make choices between voting off like the strongest player in the game versus the nittiest player in the game. But either way, <laughs> what ultimately will end up happening is people will get voted out, leaving a collection of the most mid players remaining. And games are just going to be really fucking good. Right, it's Battle of the Mid. Because yeah. you can't be too good anywhere else you're gone. It's Battle of the Mid, and then it also becomes like Battle of the List. Because if it's a public game, obviously, like you're replacing the person voted off by the next person up. Right. So like if you're the best pro in the game, you get to play for your like three hour stretch, get voted off, go to dinner, put yourself back on the fucking list. Right. Cause if you get voted off and it's a call it like a 2040 game and there's no other games going on, you just get moved down to the bottom of the list yeah. and you just don't get to play anymore. Yeah. So that's you, your shift. Or you, yeah, that's your shift. So yeah. you either have to be like yeah, really go. good for the game, like many action gamble or you just be like, you know, I'm going to take these three hours, play as good as I can, and then be gone. Yeah, yeah. You'd have to, you'd have to offer value. Not yeah. the you, worst idea. You got to speak to the tribe. You Nine know? big blinds per hundred. Yeah, yeah. You got to speak to the tribe. You got to be like, you got to be like, listen, man. He'll never leave them. <laughs> you'd be like, listen, man. I've been putting the straddle on every fucking orbit, not asking anybody else to do it. I, I voluntarily lose the stand-up game just to keep you guys happy. Right, you've got to give back in another way. Yeah, yeah, you gotta, you gotta offer. I'm, I'm, I'm here for this. I kind of like that idea. I would pitch it to stream games, except the only problem is they don't have lists. 
And like yeah. you don't want stream games to turn turn into tournaments because people naturally go broke. Like, right. well, what like if you last week we ended up playing four handed at live at the bike for like two and a half hours because we we busted all the Knicks. Well, wh- <laughs> they, brought, they brought us a, honestly a four a, a handed like a four handed uh, deep cash game stream would be fun to watch. It's it's actually more fun to play than it is to watch. Yeah, it's fair. It just seems like everybody would be in the hands every hand. Like it would just I don't know. It seemed like it would be. I, I think, you know, I you're think like it's just really, to play. It's just really shorts. quiet though. Like it's not really entertaining. I would it's, say it's quiet, and I also think like what what gets lost for the viewership is that. There isn't any downtime, which even though I know that may seem like that's a good thing, uh, these long streams need like need moments to breathe. Yeah. But also there's just like a ton of fucking single raise pots that are just like raise and take it. Right. Mm. There's or a lot like, of small small ball, if you will. Yeah. Or yeah. just like C-bet 25% and win. Right. And that gets so exhausting. It's the same reason with like uh, why Heads Up is not a great viewing experience. No. Right. It's not fun to watch, but it's very fun to play. Right. Yeah. It's fun to see the highlights of. Yeah. Um, I remember when Moonlight Master made uh, the highlights of the Galfon challenge. It was so good. Like watching the entire arc of the Veni Vidi uh, stretch where like, you know, he went up whatever it was, like almost was a million up, dollars. Up a million, yeah. And then Galfon like grinds it all the way back. Like not having to see the nuance of that, of that clawback, mm-hmm. but instead just getting to see like all of the highlights of it. Yeah. it it's really great. Yeah. Right? Maybe it would, be, it would work better for a, an edited show, like a, like a new game yeah. of the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah like for that. sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, when you're I able think to, like, you could out. still do it with a stream game if you have enough people and you vote like two people off. It would work for like 2550 because it'd be easy to get a list. Okay, sure. Well, I was just thinking in the sense of if you have a six hour stream and every mm-hmm. three hours you vote someone off in an eight handed game, you end up with six people. Oh, that's fair. And that's kind of fine, right? And some people just get voted off and it's kind of funny, kind of sad for them. You know, I'm sorry yeah. for you. It can be, <laughs> you'd create a lot of enemies, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, well, that's the point, right? And then you have, you have enemy week and then you have yeah. the people that got voted off return. I mean, they could do it by like, also like, you know how they did the VPIP tax? Like they could do it like, yeah. oh, whoever's at the bottom of the VPIP gets voted off. So it's like, you know, you're like close to the bottom. So now you're like, and it's like time's running out. So now you got to play a bunch of hands. Well, I think that that's okay. But the, the. There are a few problems I think with doing it by VPIP. Like VPIP is yeah, because you can you can manipulate the VPIP by limping and like that kind yeah. of stuff. I VPIP guess, is yeah. kind of a scam because like you can limp yeah. a lot, but Maybe also like raise first in or something like that. Yeah. Also, we were playing uh, and like the lowest VPIP was thirty. And it's like at that point, it's really difficult <laughs> to get higher than. Well, it's just kind of like random now yeah. who falls to the bottom. Yeah. And also the tax was like whatever paying an extra big blind ante isn't small, yeah. isn't that big of a deal. No. Um, I, I do like the idea of like, honestly, people were going a little bit harder just because of the shame factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they didn't want to be the, the bottom yeah, two. Right. Of course. Um, it's like everybody's at 50% BPIP. But yeah. I think, you, I think you can do something like maybe raise first in mm-hmm. or, uh, I'm not sure like what the software is capable of as far as like tracking goes, but like, um, if it can track like gross bets. Right? Like, that would be a cool way to do it. Sure. Like, amount of chips put in the middle. Yeah. The person who risks the fewest amount of chips is just like, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, there were a few instances. That be a really good way There were a few instances where the person with the lowest VPIP was fucking buried. Right. Like, they'd played three hands and gotten stacked twice. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, well, you, you know, don't want them to leave. What more do you want them to do? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
You know, that's that fair. Kind of I like that, but I don't know how possible that is. Yeah, I don't know how possible it is either. But that'd be a really cool metric to be able to follow. But yeah, yeah like race first sim would be another one, or like Man. three bet percentage would be a good one. It's really tilting when someone with like call it forty V pip is like saying they have forty V pip when they limp half the time. Mm-hmm. Sh- Sashimi got her V pip up a few weeks ago. Uh, I I remember uh, making fun of her in her Instagram story about it. She got her V pip up to seventy three percent. But she's just, limp, <laughs> just open limping every single right, yeah. spot around the table. Right. Yeah, it's like what a, what a scam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Imagine limping range and st- every every spot still having seventy three, because it should just be a hundred. Well, I mean, you know, except for a blind. There are things. times where it gets raised prior to to coming to you. Yeah. You can't just flick it in with any two. I mean, you can. I mean, you, you want to stay on the island. Well, it's the five. It's the five five anti game. So it's like there's a big difference between limping for five versus calling a hundred dollar open. Oh my god! Imagine a seventy three v pip in a five dollar anti game where you're probably supposed to just like limp a ton. If it folds to you, like you may as well just flick it in. Yeah. Like you know, there's. Right. It's not really a flex. Right. There's like twenty blinds dead. Yeah, you're not right? flexing on anyone. <laughs> you're not flexing. How are you feeling, young man? We've missed your presence, dude. I don't know what happened. I had I had food, and I, this was the second time. Food? This was the second time in my life that I've ever like, <clears throat> I've ever vomited. Second time ever. So in your, wait, in your life? Yeah. Oh, you're not I, a drinker. I, I mean, I've I've, I've, I've I've been thrown up in in twenty two years. I think the last time I threw up was twenty two years. Last time I threw up, I was like six. I was nineteen really? the last time I puked. I was like six or seven. Really? Yeah. I don't know what happened, but I got instantly dehydrated. I remember weighing myself day of, and I weighed like 203. After all that stuff, I weighed 198. So this was, this came to my mind today because uh, I've really upped my protein take last week, and I've been a little bound up, you know? Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, like, is it possible that you just haven't been shitting enough and your body rejected went the other way all of this other, all this you can't food. go this way no. it's gotta it's go like, this way it's like bro you're you, we've eaten too much protein i can't take it anymore like get it out get no. it out of me no because i've been going to the bathroom a lot prior oh, okay. to that so okay, i think good. i ate something i don't know what happened because i felt fine same day after having food uh <laughs> the culprit in question you can, like it's very <laughs> said easy. they would never cook for me again never it, let never let six sis cook again like, <laughs> i know you guys were arguing like was it the flu was it not the flu i mean like there's you can just get a, a, a like a stomach bug, like a twenty four hour stomach bug that just happens, and it's just like you're gonna get sick and you're gonna feel like shit for a day, and then you're gonna yeah, be fine. Passes. Like you that, it might not be the flu, but it could be a countless number of stomach. stomach yeah, bugs. I'm not really sure what happened, but mm-hmm. after that situation was what it was. I slept for eleven hours, and normally when it comes to whoop stats, even if I sleep for four and a half, my recovery is still really high. Mm-hmm. I slept for ten hours that they had recorded, which didn't record maybe eight of them my recovery was two percent yeah we saw that it was, i was just it was like, like you're like guys I'm, I'm not gonna be able to make the podcast it's like looking at a phone battery Sleep, and thinking man. that you charged it overnight and then you look mm-hmm. and it's just like not plugged into the wall <laughs> <laughs> you're just like well i guess i'm just like mm-hmm. gonna recharge again yeah but i felt fine last night and i feel good again yeah, today you, you seem like you're back to yeah back i to feel normal. like i'm back to normal which is which is nice because i don't need to have this call it sense of gratitude of oh man i'm so happy to be in good health because i know how valuable good health is Mm -hmm. in the first place i don't have to have this sad experience to realize what i was taking for granted like i I don't take health for granted as is i have to tell you uh i thought you were having a real medical issue uh i was like positive that his appendix had burst or something from the sounds that were radiating from his room He's literally like I'm. I'm working in the, the, the bathroom, office. man. No, this is when you were still in your room. I'm like working in the office, 
and I text the group and I go, who's growling? I was growling, yeah. And Landon's like, it's me. And I like walk closer to his room and I just hear, you don't have to you don't you don't, you don't have to you don't have to replay the the the, the whale sounds okay like, what the fuck is happening Leave the whale sounds that's what alone. i sounded like like an hour before surgery to have my appendix removed when they hadn't given me pain meds yet you can just look at the wall in the bathroom i cleaned it not well i, I cleaned it i cleaned it when i cleaned it i cleaned it last night uh, it's clean you came yeah you came did, did you puke in the bathtub also no Ooh. When what is going on? What am I getting attacked for? <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Fucking relax. It was wild. It, it sounded, so I thought at first Conrad was brushing his teeth, and then I realized like, no, nah, this is way more violent than any gagging I've ever heard Conrad come up with. And I mean, I in my head was envisioning Landon's jaw actually unhinging <laughs> to, to get this food out of him. The sounds that he was making. Ridiculous. Leave me. I get sick one time. Leave me alone. <laughs> Leave me the fuck alone. I'm sorry I got sick. Yeah, but you're better now, so you yeah, have to, you relax, know, you have to deal with it. All right? Fucking relax. We don't talk about you in the bathroom brushing your teeth, sounding like you're... <laughs> no, you literally do. No, but yeah, you deserve it. Because you don't have to do that. <laughs> you have to get the tongue scraper thing. <laughs> I just want to get the back of my throat, man. Yeah, just get the tongue scraper thing. I don't thing. see the problem. Mm-hmm. You got to get shit taken care of, you know? Jesus. No big deal. <coughs> um, yeah, well, I'm fine now, so I'm happy to be back. I had two days off, you know, as a... <laughs> they wanted me to take days off the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. that's what it was. You're back just in the nick of time. All right, let's uh let's get to uh our young friend Ethan Rampage. I feel like he's a topic of discussion a lot for us. Honestly, and maybe it's just because he's so willing to be public and yeah, uh kind of outspoken about these types of things. But, you know, we gave him a lot of flowers in December. He YOLO'd the 25k High roller at the win. Understatement. Shipped it for 900K. No big deal. Biggest upswing of the young man's career. Uh, and then promptly since has gone on a 400K downswing over the next three months. Which, you know, when you're playing high stakes, this stuff will kind of happen. Let's, let's hear what the young man has. All right. I'm returning to Hustler Friday night. I'm 0 for 2 in winning, which means I'm due for a win or just to punt more money. I guess time will tell, but looking forward to playing on Friday. 100, 200, maybe 400. It's a big game. Let's gamble. I see. That video was taken before right. before the uh, disaster struck. Yeah. So he had lost some on stream, but uh, he got pummeled off stream i guess he did said he lost like 116 or something 112 112 something along those lines yeah it prompted a blog post yeah yeah i read the blog post this morning in the sauna i thought it was like uh first of all gonna count for my 75 hard reading challenge which is very very good i read slow um (laughs) and uh i I thought it was like a, a good stream of consciousness like it's pretty clear that he's kind of asking himself the important questions that I think all of us who at any point in time find ourselves gambling a little bit too high or uh, just even trying to figure out what the fuck it is that we're doing in this space to begin with other than trying to collect dollars. Um, And, you know, I thought it was like nice to see that he didn't suddenly have an epiphany at the end and arrive at some conclusion of like, oh, I know exactly what I'm doing in this industry and like what it is that I hope to achieve and why this 400 torched is all worth it in the long run or whatever. Um, you know, I, I can speak a little bit to, to when I was that age, I didn't have that amount of liquidity to be firing off and games weren't really that big. 
but uh, I was very notorious for doing exactly what yeah. he's doing. If you had that much money and the games were that big, you yeah, would be 100%. doing that. Well, a hundred percent, hundred percent. But yeah. like, you know, at a lesser scale, right? Mm -hmm. like I had, you know, maybe 50 to a hundred K and games were pretty much capped at like 10, 20, 25, 50, maybe. Uh, and I would constantly have strain on my entire role. Mm -hmm. And I, I fully related to this notion of uh, creating an environment where you put yourself under stress and duress. It's like, I, I relate to that aspect of what Rampage was talking about, where it's like, sometimes you need that back against the wall type of feeling in order to actually give 100%. And I don't even mean consciously. Like, I think it's a subconscious thing. I don't think any of us ever sit down at the table and are like, I'm going to take today off a little bit. No. Let's just... Uh, right. Let's just stick to all the easy decisions and, and hope for the best. But I think it's more so like, um, you know, you get into this situation where you become apathetic to the money and uh, it's now an afterthought. Like, oh, well, I have a million dollars now or I have a couple million dollars now and I'm rolled in your mind to play as big as possible, right? Because a couple million goes a pretty long way when it comes to buy-ins, uh, whether you're talking about the stakes that you previously played at like, you know, 10 K cap tournaments or call it 25, 50, no limit, things like that. Or even like taking shots. Cause it's just like, well, the shots won't always be there. So when they pop up to play like 200, 400 or 501 K or whatever the case may be, I'll just sell appropriately. Right. But then suddenly there's a 25 K every fucking week. And suddenly there's a stream game every week. And suddenly, <laughs> you know, you start to look and you're shot taking 30, 40, 50, 70, 100 times a year. These aren't shots anymore, right? Like you, you forgot to recalibrate for these higher stake games that you have the option to play. And suddenly you find yourself overexposed each and every time because it's easy in this one-off scenario to say like, okay, lineup's really soft. Um, I'm rolled to play like 100, 200, but I'm going to play 248 today with 80% of myself because how bad could it be to play six hours at these stakes uh, against this lineup? Right. You just one-off the situation when you're actually continually one-offing every single event that happens after the one-off that you just said. Call it Florida's right. happening or USPO is happening or then Hustler invites you back or there's another 25K going on and there's always these shot takes where why am I not going to play these games when I have this amount of money? But the real amount of variance that does occur in poker is so vast and like extremely non-fathomable that you can just continually get wrecked and think that you're doing something wrong or the ROI that you has that you have isn't actually being manifested, but you're losing a lot more, right? Yeah. Where maybe you go on a multiple six-figure downswing where your actual ROI in these spots might be negative 5%. So in, if you're playing 200K in buy-ins, you should only lose 10K, but you might just lose all 200. Right, right, yeah. Like you would say like sometimes like some of these games you need, you, you, like to be on your own, you need like 10, 20 million to be properly rolled. If you're going right? to play it consistently. Consistently, right, yeah. right. Exactly. I mean, you could obviously like Everyone's be very aggressive and, yeah, yeah, right. with like 2 million or right, whatever. Right. But yeah, like when I was playing the big game um, from 2013 to like 20, I guess it kind of fizzled out around 2018-ish. Um, I was always, I always had some level of exposure even when I was backed, right? Mm -hmm, so right. I was always putting up like at least 10% of the role uh, in exchange for like some 
some percentage of a return. And then towards the end, uh, as it was ending, like the famous Rob Young retired me story, I think that was like 2018 <laughs> or 2019. Uh, I had like 80% of myself. So I was, you know, working towards having all my own action. But the thing was, was that during that time, uh, it didn't feel like you could go on a terrible downswing because I was only playing like 30 sessions a year. Right. Until it happened. Yeah. Until I lost 30 sessions or I lost like 27 of 30 sessions over a short period of time. Because what happens in those environments, it's not like the game only ran 30 times a year. I just only got, you know, the, the weaker yeah. seats. Right. So like what ultimately ends up happening is when you string together 10 losses in a row, 15 losses in a row as a perceived good player, the host gives you more seats. So suddenly I'm losing consistently and I find myself on a 5 million downswing in a game that's playing like on average, the blinds are three, six, 12, but we play as big as like six, 12, 24, even as big as like two K, four K. And if you know the the average buy-in now is going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of like 300k amongst all those stakes so it's not even that tough you're talking about like a 15 buy-in downswing like this mm -hmm. is the most common thing in all of poker right yeah. but it feels so massive well it feels massive when you experience it for the first or second or third time right because when you play a certain abi that you become custom to and callous you can now have the mentality that it is normal and it will happen and these things are part of the game. But when you keep escalating that and then making it into a high six-figure downswing, there's an actual difference in the amount of utilizable dollars that you have that could be used somewhere else, yeah. right? Where if you lose 400K versus losing 4K, if your normal relation in that worth is similar to the 400 to the 4K, with 400, you can do a lot more than four, mm -hmm. right? Where... Ethan now, when he first started, was playing 1-2 and losing 500, like you said in his blog post, where he thought it was the end of the world, that would feel like nothing to him at this point. Yeah. Right, but that, that it feel, nothing, feel like nothing to him at this point because he has more money, right? But the, the real takeaway there is that uh, it's, it's a lesson in asymmetry. So even though losing 500 when it was nearly his entire net worth felt like it was the end of the world. It was replenishable and the upside was very asymmetric. So like if he lost 500 in a tournament where first place is 100,000, going from being worth nothing to worth 100,000 is massive asymmetric upside in spite of the fact that the downside is ruin, right? Because ruin to 500 is nearly nothing. So right. th there's, there's no asymmetry there. The asymmetry is on the upside. When you look at the inverse of it now where he's worth millions and he's risking, you know, 5%, 10%, 15% of his net worth anytime he sits down, the asymmetry is now all in the risk side. If you lose 5 to 10 to 15% of your net worth, that's not catastrophic, but it's very impactful to the way that you can make your money work for you moving forward. The, it's impactful to your earning power at some point, right? There's a tipping point where doing that enough times now restricts your earning power moving forward because you can't take as many shots or you can't play as high, whatever the case may be. Whereas winning in those spots for the same percentage of your net worth has uh, a, a bit of... It doesn't change much. It doesn't really move the needle, really. Yeah, it, it's, it's depreciating returns. So the asymmetry here is all on the risk side, even mm -hmm. though the risk-reward may be comparable, right? Like you may be risking 5% of your net worth to win 5% of your net worth, but what it does to your actual earning power thereafter is asymmetrically worse when you lose compared to when you win. And I think that like that's 
a hard lesson that most people just kind of have to understand on their own. And, you know, the reason I brought up that, that downswing in the big game is because if I were on my own, if I only had 5 million and I just tried to ride that swing out, I would have gone broke or I would have had to quit maybe like halfway through and just like lost 2.5 million or something along the lines, whatever the case may be, and just been totally out of action because the next step down from that was 10, 20, 40. Right. So it's like you had two options. You could play in Ivy's room if you were fortunate enough to get a seat and play 300, 600, 1200, sometimes 1K, 2K, 4K, whatever. Or you go back to playing 10, 20, 40. <laughs> and like, you know, uh, the, the difference there is, is astronomical. But because I wasn't restricted to that, and even though I may have lost or I, I had like, you know, uh, half a million sunken into that, to that downswing. <clears throat> There was more funds behind it. So there's, you know, a $10 million roll total. Like it didn't exhaust the funds or whatever. And then because now I was losing, I have more invites. Now I get to play a string of better lineups for a period of time. And we go on a 6 million upswing, Mm -hmm. right? So it's like when you, when you convert this to 1020, it would be the equivalent of going on like, uh, I guess, I mean, if we're talking like big blinds, It'd be the equivalent of going on like a 75k downswing at 1020, which is fucking nothing. <laughs> Literally, it's absolutely nothing. And to even exaggerate it, like going on a 150k downswing in 1020 is just something that almost all live players should expect to be within the realm of possibility. Right, especially right? if you're playing like 1020 uncapped. Right. The problem is that when you start to reach a certain stake, the numbers become more important than the variance. Right. Right, like you just can't afford to add a bunch of zeros to those numbers because, like, you'll just simply be out of action. Right. If you lose ten million playing that game, you're just not going to get to play anymore, and right. then you go to the poker hospital or the retirement home, like you did when Rob retired you. Yeah. Well, that was kind of the irony of it all: is that the six million upswing then obviously cut my plays way down again because now it's like I win, you know, twenty five, twenty seven sessions out of thirty, like something stupid. And that's fine. That that's you know, there's still potential to win, um, but you know, as the volume gets massively cut, and now that swing has been exemplified to your financiers, it's just like, well, what are we doing? Like, you know, this is a very swingy endeavor. It has a lot of risk, right? And the upside seems minimized if you're only going to get to play 15 times a year. Mm-hmm. So I just went to selling then, and I did exactly what Rampage did. It's why I ended up like not making it out of that week with Rob. So that, that week that I ultimately ended up uh, taking a step back, it was, it was because it just like happened on a whim, right? So I was responsibly selling to what had become a 200-400 game. The game had gotten smaller uh, over the years, like from like 2018 to 2019 or 2017 to 2019, whatever. It had reduced from like 3612 to 3600 down to like 200-400, depending on the lineup. And I was just responsibly selling for that because I could basically... I could afford to aggressively play 200, 400 on my own, mm-hmm. but I just need the gameplay bigger. So I was like responsibly selling, selling like, you know, a quarter or a half, depending on the lineup and doing okay. Well, then there was just this random week where Karim was in town, Rob Young was in town, Rick Solomon was in town. All these guys were in town. It was the sickest game ever. And I had a seat because Karim, uh, nobody really knows him, I guess, legend. but like, he's just an absolute legend, just loves to give action, but he loves me. So I had a guaranteed seat for the whole week, seven days in a row. But now it's three six twelve, and I'm looking at it as like, well, 
This game is <laughs> this game is so actually it might have only been advertised as three six, but obviously it's gonna be more. So I was like, okay, well I'm just gonna like aggressively shot take here and I'm just gonna keep half of myself. And I sold half. And it was like by day one, I'm personally stuck like a quarter million and it's like, okay, well I can't keep these fucking swings up. Like I haven't done any accounting for this. And, you know, by the time I realized that I kind of overstepped a little bit, it was like, well, now I'm going to have to sell like 80% to play the rest of the week. It was like, you know what? I should just take a step back from this because what's going to ultimately end up happening is I'm going to be too aggro and I'm going to fucking break myself. Like, I'm just going to not sell 80% to one of these sessions because the lineup's going to be too good. I'm going to have a Jesus seat and I'm going to say like, today's the day that I take on more risk. And I'm just going to fucking ruin myself. Okay, so how would you approach that situation with the role you had if you had that opportunity now? Um, I, I would think better because I've been through it. And uh, I do find myself in those scenarios a lot now. Like, I didn't overextend myself, for example, whenever uh, we played what ended up being 1K, 2K on the bike with uh, persons. And granted, I couldn't get a hold of enough liquidity to overextend myself either. So that was a, a bit of a handcuff. But, uh, you know, just generally speaking, like, you understand that they're not one-offs anymore. Like, these opportunities are going to continue mm -hmm. to flow. But in Rampage's shoes, it's very easy to think, like, this might be the last 25K I have the opportunity to play. This might be the last time Hustler invites me. This might be the last Friday show that I get a chance to sit in. So, like, how am I not just going to take a couple hundred thousand of this role and, you know, try to YOLO it up? And the actual reality is that it's not the last one. Almost and certainly it's not if he plans on staying in this game. game, right? Right. Like, he'll figure out ways to navigate that world, and he already has. And he'll figure out ways to offer value. And maybe, people want him. Maybe doing this stuff now is that sort of comfort zone to continually have it in the future. Well, I think, I think there is a lot to be said for being young and taking on a lot of risk. Like, it didn't have to go bad. It didn't have to go sideways. It could have been his way of propelling up to five or 10 million, you know, like he just YOLOs it in the 25K, rips off a seven figure score, then YOLOs it in a couple of high stakes stream games, maybe runs it up another half a million or something like that. The Fedor approach? Yeah. And then finds himself, well, the thing was Fedor was very responsible. Yeah. Fedor way. responsibly sold and just won. He sold, he swapped. He just, yeah, he did all the things that are necessary when you know you have a big edge and you like going broke is the most catastrophic thing in the world. I think for Rampage, what it is, and I'm, I'm speaking to this from experience because uh, looking back when I was his age coming up, even though I had a lot of hubris and belief in myself, I didn't know what my edge actually was. Yeah. Right? And I think a lot of that is when you can't really quantify what your edge is, you just want to kind of mash together whatever edge you have with gamble and say like, well, if I get to a certain level of wealth... It won't fucking matter what my edge is or was or anything like that. Like if I just win, uh, then I'm just going to have too much money to care about an edge. And that's a pretty good place to be sitting from. You think that's where he's at now? Uh, well, I'm not saying that uh, that's necessarily how he thinks. I'm just saying that like when I was that age, the, the confusion or the lack of certainty around uh, how I was making money made me steer towards gambling more. Because I had enough positive reinforcement throughout the years of if I just play and play well, I'll win. Do you think that part of that was from the poker dream that was sold to you when you were younger, thinking that you could make eight figures in poker? I mean, it wasn't sold. It was true. It was true back then, but it's back not true the true. same now. Yeah, correct. Unless you have caught 
the one-off access to private games. Yeah, I, like I think, and Lamanna can speak to this a little bit from his experience, but I think for me, like in the early 2000s, the idea was to get to Negreanu and Ivy's level as fast as fucking possible because right. there was infinite money to collect there. Yeah, How sure. would you do that? By just playing tournaments and winning? If I had to go back and do it all over again, yeah, but mm -hmm. you know, you need money. That was like the Jay Mercier yeah, type it was like, of yeah. approach. Right, people would like try to get backing and then get backed for like the, the 10Ks and then rip a couple off and then get sponsored and they're off mm -hmm. to the races. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Like selling wasn't a thing back then. Right. It was just you were on stake or you weren't. Right, mm -hmm. yeah. You were on stake, you mm -hmm. gambled everything you had. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, being able to play like the 10Ks consistently was like the dream. Right. Yeah. Were you at that point? No. No. I played maybe three or four 10Ks prior to 2010. I think I played a couple WPTs in the main event twice. Um, and I, I wasn't very Pri good. Prior to 2010, you mean like the couple years after the Moneymaker stuff where 10Ks were just firing off like it was nothing? 2003 to like 2011, 10Ks were incredibly common across the tours. Yeah. Oh, really? That was like... The that was the only buy-in for WPT. Right. Moneymaker yeah. won when? 2003. Yep. Oh, okay. For some reason, I thought it was 08, but no. Okay, got it. Got it. 08 was... Uh, What's his face? Asham? No, Eastgate. Oh, maybe it was oh. Eastgate. Man, you know your, your lore. I did, I did this game uh, with... Um, who was the one who asked me? Uh, oh, it was, was Lara. Oh, eight was Jerry Yang. Maybe he was 07. Oh, you might be right. Mm. One of those two years. Yeah. Uh, wait, no, no, no. Jerry Yang, we were still living in Erie, so it had to be 07. Okay, you're right. And then 09 was Kata. Pretty, pretty sure 08 was Eastgate. Yeah. But yeah, I did this game with Laura where we went backwards on the main event winners. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I did shockingly well. Yeah. I would not do very well. You're too young. Too young. Yeah. You don't care about poker history. Yep. It's not that I don't care. It's that there's other stuff going on, you know? Is there? I mean, I'm interested in it if it's told to me. Like, I heard about this uh, from Jamie. Uh, what was the kid's name? He was a very young kid, but like won everything but kind of like a cheater. Oh, um, oh, fuck. It was like Jay something? No, no, no. Uh, oh, my God. Oh, yeah, JJ Prodigy. Yes. JJ Prodigy. Yeah, yeah. yeah like legend. I didn't know of this Fucking guy. Fucking legend. But why? Like, what, what, what's the story there? He started playing. He was like one of the first that was found out to be playing like super underage, like mm -hmm. 14. Uh, and he was just like an online prodigy. Prod. Like, he was just a <laughs> fucking beast yeah. online mm -hmm. and then like i guess i don't know it must have been like 08 or 09 he finally turned 21 and so it was kind of like the isildur allure right like nobody knew who this guy was and then eventually he made his way to the live world and had a big splash there it was the same thing with jj Prodigy. he was literally just winning like every fucking online event um but he wasn't old enough to play in a casino and then eventually like you know he started making his way and uh you know there are also allegations of there's always like something slightly shady surrounding him. I think that there were allegations that he was multi-accounting or maybe it was confirmed that he was multi-accounting. I don't mm -hmm. recall. Uh, that stuff was, you know, a lot more commonplace back then. Um, security measures were, you know, the, looking back in the history of online, like security's always been a step behind. I was going to yeah. say, how different is security then versus security now? I mean, significantly different, mm -hmm. but they're always a little bit behind in the sense that I don't think they understand that the way poker players think, especially ones that aren't that interested in abiding by any rules, is how can I game the system? Like, 
how can I game the system without for more caught. money? Period. Well, whether it's without getting caught or not, like that's a matter of is it legal to game the system? But like even whenever we were first coming up and there was no strategy to to really pull from outside of like you know super system or whatever, the way that we thought about playing and the way we quote unquote studied would be like running hand histories and figuring out like if I knew all of the information, how could I have played this hand perfectly? Yeah. Right. And then it became trying to turn that into generalities that would quote unquote game the pool, right? Like, oh, well, if I have a set, then uh, taking this type of line wins the most versus right, the Right, give me the most DV. Like, this is how I'll win the most versus a, 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 an over pair or a top pair type of hand. Um, so, like, we, we always frame things in a, what's the shortcut to maximizing a spot? And I think that's just pretty natural when you're, when you're interested in games and... Uh, you're involved in gambling in general. I think that's just a good way to think as a whole, even now, uh, I think without it, the whole cheating part, right? Well, no, I think, it, I think it's a good way to think with the cheating part because it allows you to start to consider how can I be taken advantage of? How can the system be broken, right? Like th these are ways to steel man uh, a lot of the models and systems that are in place, mm. right? Like even if you're looking at something like ICM, this is a good way to think about it of like, okay, well, what, what, like, what potential ways could I break this system? If, um, you know, I, I move these certain variables around in a, in a particular way, like it's just a good, yeah, it's, it, it's a good methodology to try to steel man, uh, anything that you're considerate of. But I think that whenever you're in a game that's driven by bottom line, uh, when you're most interested in gaming the system, it's for your own benefit, right? Right. You try to do things to make yourself win the most. Yeah. How can I turn a zero, zero sum game into a positive sum game for myself or, you know, how can I turn my win rate from X amount of dollars per, per hour or per big blind uh, to double that? That's the cool thing about poker, I guess, is you'll never have the true answer to all of these questions. You can just kind of have theories. Yeah. You know, like you can never get an actual sample size to say, oh, this strategy that I'm using is definitely winning more so than this one. I mean, online, you can start to get enough data, I think, to, to feel a high degree of confidence. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess if you're talking from the standpoint of, yeah, if I'm multi-accounting and if I'm using yeah. all of these different ways that I can game the system, then that's definitely going to be true and you're going to get the volume to be able to do so. But if you're looking from the one-off standpoint, it's probably going to be a little bit more difficult because it's not like we know for a fact how much ICM is winning in a certain situation versus others. Right. Right. We just agree that this is the quote unquote way. Or at least the the best model that we currently have. Right. Yeah. yeah. In ten years there might be a different model that says ICM is in its current state is wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Agreed. Um yeah, and I think I think your point brings it brings up like why online is uh so vulnerable, right? Because you can actually get the data, you can actually get the volume in and you can actually break these Yeah. Because COS. you can use this as a very easy solution with HUD stats, mm -hmm. right? Where if you just have X amount of sample on target opponent that knows and you know that they don't check raise enough or they don't do better enough, you can start kind of making practical exploits that will turn zeros into ones. Right. Or turn zeros into negatives where you should actually just be folding as it's the best option. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I wonder how much of that was considered when... Um some of the 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 ais were built like pluribus um what was the one before that it oh. was pluribus was the multi-way one right <clears throat> what do you mean the the pluribus um, played six max yeah yeah pluribus played six max and then before that there were the heads up bots 
Not bots, but AI. It was like Liberatus. Liberatus, Liberatus yeah, that's yeah, it, yeah. That's right. How could I forget Liberato? <laughs> that was our Spanish teacher. Mm -hmm. Remember when Denny threw the flan out the window? The what? You don't know we, what flan is? We made flan. Flan's bussin'. Oh, we did, yes. <laughs> and he threw oh. his... Remember we had those mm -hmm. old school fucking yeah, windows that like come pulled them down? Out, yeah. yeah. He just chucked it out of the fourth yep. story. Why didn't he want to eat the flan? It was shit. <laughs> it, was, it was not good. Down bad flan. flan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was shit flan. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> wants that shit. <laughs> it was real bad. <laughs> didn't not you guys Denny. make the flan? Yeah, it was yeah. shit though. Actually, I don't even think we did. I think she just brought it in. Maybe. I think she made the flan. Mm. Wasn't good. The burrata flan. Yeah. <laughs> she used to wear makeup like Mimi from Drew Carey. <laughs> <laughs> It was wild. She looked like a peacock. Uh, I never learned four years of Spanish. I never learned to speak a fucking lick. Nope. I can count, and I can ask where the bathroom is. <laughs> oh, that was oh, the oh, yeah, that was the most important question. Well, hold on, let's hear it. Yo puedo ir al baño. No, you just said I'm able yes. to go to the bathroom. <laughs> yes. It's it's donde está el baño or Correct. uh I think may I use the bathroom was uh puedo ir. Puedo yeah. ir al baño? Yeah. That's what I said. Puedo you said yo, puedo ir al baño. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely different. I think you just put yo in front of every sentence. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, yeah. it's, like, it's like you're bragging. It's like, man, I don't go to the bathroom. <laughs> it is a flex. Yo! I am puedo train. Puedo ir al baño. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, oh, man. Yeah. I, I remember uh, Spanish one. I thought I was so fucking cool because my mom uh, like wanted me to to be smart i guess when i was a kid so she taught me how to count in spanish when i was like mm -hmm. two and so like i show up came in all like, flexing uno dos tres cuatro <laughs> what i know i know how to make it teens and everything else like yeah they're like damn let him cook he's counting right now and you're just like five yeah then we're at spanish four and she's speaking in full sentences and i'm just staring like what the fuck yeah. <laughs> am i a part of you're right still now? counting you're yeah. still just <laughs> you always go back to your roots this is like okay <laughs> I feel like if I actually studied for the test, I probably yeah, did that better. was bad. Yeah, I used to cheat off Stacy. Yeah, she'd wear <laughs> on Fridays. <laughs> on Fridays, the cheerleaders wear their uh, their like cheerleader outfits, and tests usually were on Fridays. So she would tape a cheat sheet to her thigh. <laughs> wow, just just out in Stacy, just like I mean, it was twenty five years ago. We'll joking. be all right. Uh, but she would tape a sheet a cheat sheet of all the all the words conjugated on her thigh, and I would sit like. One behind and one to her left. A diagonal. The thing is, yeah. too, is like she was super smart. Like she didn't probably didn't need we to all cheat. Were. Yeah. I mean, it's like you don't have it's to cheat, but it's like just, it's about time management at that point. To, like, yeah, yeah. We're not planning on speaking Spanish. Right, right. We have to take a language, exactly. and Russian seemed worse. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's it's got to be infinitely easier to cheat now with Chat GPT. Oh, fuck oh, yeah. has to be. oh my yeah. god! I saw the Dude, funniest Reddit nobody's thread. Nobody's taping anything to their thigh. Man, anymore. there was such a funny Reddit thread of a teacher being like, "I know this student cheated because there's no way they would have written an essay this good, and they used Chat GPT, but I can't prove that they yeah. used oh, Chat GPT." <laughs> that actually happened to me, but uh, not with obviously Chat uh, P G GPT. But um, uh, no, I so letters, Brian. it was it was uh, the our senior paper. I um, I de well, hope Mr. Andeka is watching this because so I I had I was dating a girl from a, a different school, an adjacent school, and uh, and she you know she just let me use her paper, and she was. <laughs> super smart right and this guy knows that like i'm not a great writer now i turn in this amazing paper <laughs> you turn in a masterpiece he's, he's like 
this is like a college level A. Like we know you didn't read this. Me and Mr. Ferrari, who is the librarian, like we're, <laughs> we're going, we're scouring the internet now because like this is the early days of the internet, yeah. right? Two thousand, nineteen ninety nine or whatever it was. And he said, "Yeah, we're uh, we're we're going through, and we're we're gonna find. We know you plagiarized this, and we're gonna find it on the internet." And I knew I was like. Search all you want. You're never <laughs> gonna find it. And, yeah, was, and they, they never found it. They could, you know the funny thing is? He gave me a fucking C on the paper, the motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> he gave you what you were going to get yeah, yourself. Yeah, he gave me a C somehow. I'm like, you said this is a call of day, but you gave me a C. Oh my and god. Out of spite, you son of a bitch. <laughs> that was your first introduction to bluffing. He, like, he knew he knew I I didn't write the paper. He just couldn't prove it. Larry O, man. Mm -hmm. oh you know, god. no body, what, no body, no crime. That's what, all. what do you think gave it away? The fact that you could barely even spit up <laughs> yeah, the fact that he couldn't yeah. say chat gpt right. mm -hmm. <laughs> oh man yeah come on bro like if you're gonna cheat on your fucking final you can't get somebody with like 20 iq points ahead of you to write I mean, it you know it's probably 40 iq <laughs> man the greatest part would be if she cheated too shout out to lauren thanks lauren for <laughs> thanks for the c babe appreciate you oh my god that's so funny this paper is so good that i can't give you an a out of principle the, the irony i told this story before on, on the pod but the irony is uh i actually wrote skimpy's paper for him in yeah, the same he class paid you for it he paid me for it and i literally copied and pasted the entire thing from the internet <laughs> and yet they're like nope that's, that seems right I wrote fewer than a thousand words for this 10 page essay. I would literally just go through and connect paragraphs that were taken from multiple sources. They didn't even flow mm -hmm. together. Man, I'm not going to lie. I remember in high school and like middle school, they would give you word counts for these papers. Yeah. I think that word counts are really not great because it forces people to add more fluff in order to make it hit the word mm -hmm. count. Ours was pa by page, I think. You know, it's like, to, it had to be like 10 pages. Exactly, yeah. right? So like if someone wants to write a not a, a lower than 10 page essay, but it's really mm -hmm. good and doesn't have the fluff, that's their risk and their choice. But if they do go over the X amount of page limit with good stuff, it's probably going to be a better paper. Right. You know, it's like if you want to go less than, that's your choice. Mm -hmm. And you're probably not going to do as yeah. well because there's less information. You're trying to make the sentences, like now all the sentences are like super wordy when they don't have to be. Because exactly. Because you're just trying to get to the, the word count. Exactly. Like you yeah. just start adding the adjectives like mm -hmm. that end in L-Y or like extremely and yeah, very. This, and this is why I speak in such fluffy language because I had to write all these fucking <laughs> word-driven papers. Uh, well, you don't use fluffy language. You use big words. Mm -hmm. that's, that's what people would that, say. So... That actually is is different. That didn't start happening until college, and it's a byproduct of like being or studying computer science. Like when you're when you're so thrust into the STEM uh, arena and everything is so fucking technical, it's difficult not to think in like that sort of language, especially because it applies so well into poker. Um, you know, the, for for lack of a better term, poker really is a bit of a, a science. It, it's a very math driven game. But prior to that. Like if you read the stuff that I wrote in like high school and stuff, I spoke with like very flowery, flower, flower, e, e language, <laughs> where um, I just like absolutely abused adverbs and adjectives. I, I mean, I would just add unnecessary descriptors to everything. You should have seen his you, away message on. You AIM. would use yeah. you would use more <laughs> words when fewer words would do trick. Yes, but also like, uh, it, it was it was a very and I still definitely do this. Like my writing style when I like blog and stuff is is still very guilty of this. 
um, it wasn't informative writing. It was to it was to evoke, expressive. Yeah, it was expressive. It was to evoke emotion. So it was like mm-hmm. you're always going to be very dense to adjectives and adverbs in, in those instances. But it was also like a way to get your word count up. You know, it's like I ran really fast. I ran really extremely proficiently fast <laughs> right like uh, that's five words you know yep. that's 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 a quarter of a page the copious amount of speed that i use to reach this destination right yeah you just learn to be very long-winded whenever you're writing these stupid fucking term papers <laughs> exactly that's what i'm saying is like these word counts cause that to happen yeah where sometimes the bigger words actually allow you to use less words where yeah. it does do the fewer words do trick type of thing. Yeah, I think science papers are, are very guilty of this too. Like uh, when you start to speak very technically like that, you, you start to lean really heavily into the jargon and it becomes a means of uh, constantly demonstrating that you're, you're like really deep into the subject material. Um, I, I very, very vividly remember in like sixth grade, we had to read... Uh, we would always read out loud like once a day. It was almost always something from the science books. Mm-hmm. And I only remember that to be true because when we got to the word organism, Sean Hess thought it would be like hilarious said if we orgasm. said orgasms instead. And it was just like, this repetitive thing where we had, we had Mr. Pollock as our sixth grade teacher and he just didn't care. Like he just, <laughs> ne- I swear to God, he wasn't listening to a word coming out of anyone's probably, fucking mouth. He probably mouth. wasn't. He was just like drifting off mm-hmm. to sleep behind his desk and like yep. you have a bunch of 12 year olds constantly saying orgasm over and over and over again. And he's just like <laughs> dead to the world, doesn't care. Um, but this was the same in my seventh grade science class. People would just say orgasm and stuff. And yeah. It was like, great. Kids are the same. Yeah. We're all, we're all Nothing's the changed, same. We're fucking know? idiots. Yeah, yeah. The difference is our teacher did not let that cook. Right. No. Right. Which is fair. <laughs> I don't know why I'm going down this path, but I also remember a time in fourth grade. Were you in my class with Mrs. Uh, Oberdorf? No, I had uh, Magnus. Magnus. Okay, that was my reading teacher. Um, she was also a part of my grandmother's card club. <laughs> so, so they played like cards together once a month. Mm-hmm. I remember when we were going into fifth grade, uh, I got like warned to be good in her class because she would see my grandmother. Um, but in, or I guess Mrs. Oberdorf was fourth grade. Uh, you, was said, when, you said fourth oh, Okay, grade. yeah. Magnus was fifth. No, Magnus was fourth. Really? Yeah, I had Mrs. Long in fifth. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. We were both in Mrs. Long's class. That's when the incident happened. Yeah. <laughs> but in Obedorf's <laughs> class, there was a day... Why she ever proposed this to the class is beyond me. Like, thinking back on it, what a terrible idea. But we were just sitting around, like, killing time at the end of the day. And she's like, does anybody have any jokes? Like, <laughs> <laughs> bad fucking idea. Terrible yeah, idea. Yeah, terrible yeah. idea. Like, terrible. you don't know who our parents are. All right, yeah. <laughs> we're all going to be way different levels of inappropriate. Does anybody want to try to be funny? So, yeah. obviously, like, there's always been a little part of me that thinks uh, I'm a bit of a class clown, even though I was very shy and reserved, like, at that point. So, this was your moment. Coming from me, this was, like, even more impactful because, like, I just didn't talk unless I was giving the answer to a question. And I like very sheepishly like raised my hand. Oh my God. And she calls on me and I tell this joke that my mom told me when I was like, I don't know, maybe nine, but it always <laughs> stuck with me as being so inappropriate, hilarious, but it's, it's, it's just like nine year old potty humor. Do you remember the joke? Very well. Very <laughs> Obviously well. he remembers the joke. Okay. Now clearly you have to say the joke. Of course I'm going to tell the joke. There were these three flies and they were trapped in a bathroom, oh, I know this right? One. You've okay. told me this joke. Of course I've told you this joke. The three flies trapped in a bathroom. They don't know they're in a bathroom. They just think they're off in the wild somewhere or whatever. And one fly is, uh, he's made his shelter in the sink. And, you know, uh, the next morning, all these three flies come together in the middle of the bathroom and they talk about their night previously. So the fly from the sink goes, man, it was okay. But like, I had a rough night. Like it would just start downpouring terribly. 
throughout the throughout the night at random and the, there was another one that made its home in the toilet and he goes man i know what you mean like i was resting by this lake and every now and again i would just get this flash flood that would come and wipe me away and i'd have to you know swim my way back up to the surface and the one that rests in the shower goes oh fuck i fucked the joke up you did i did I it was the shower <laughs> that would get the flash yeah, flood I, yeah. so the one in the oh god damn it i guess you didn't remember it very well i i did I mean, just in the wrong to, order trying to remember a joke from fifth grade and to just write it up the cuff is pretty hard anyway the one that was in the toilet goes man you guys think you had it fucking bad i was trapped in this swamp and all night long, I got wind, I got rain, and a fucking log fell on my head. <laughs> yep, classic. Yeah. Uh, when you were nine, did this joke hit? Crushed. Oh, yeah, crush it. Nine. Absolute, mm-hmm. bro, it was a poop joke yeah. at 10. They're from the Midwest. Of course it fucking crushed. From the Midwest. All right, Conrad, you got jokes for us? No. Mid-Atlantic <laughs> is where we're from. Yeah, the, the, we're, we're the Northeast, goddammit. Mm-hmm. It snows where we're from. I guess it snows in the middle. Right. <laughs> this, this, this is like the joke with two muffins in an oven where the muffin says to the other muffin, man, is it hot in here? It's just me. And the other muffin looks at the muffin and says, oh my God, it's a talking muffin. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny to me. Yeah. yeah. It's like that. that that's actually just... still funny to me. I know my joke isn't still funny as mm-hmm. an adult, but I also know at nine, that would fucking kill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Poop jokes usually. Poop jokes. You knew your audience. The room over. Yeah. I did know Game selection audience. is greater than skill. It, it was one of those ones where I was battling to even get the punchline out without like laughing myself. Uh huh. <laughs> and then Mrs. L- or Mrs. Obedorf like went from like immediate shock and horror <laughs> to just like tears of really? laughter. I mean, the yeah. whole it was like thirty six kids just belly laughing. Like, what else it's can not, you do? It's not that bad. This it's was, not that bad. This was your first hit of dopamine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It carried over into senior year. We did. Uh, a mock homecoming court where the cheerleaders became the escorts and the athletes became the, the court, so to speak. Um, and it, traditionally like they had always, uh, dressed up to the opposite gender. So the guys would dress up as girls, the girls would dress up as guys, but we, we bucked that trend a little bit and we dressed up as scuzz busters, which busters, yeah. our rival high school was Apollo and the the underlying reason why we call them scuzz is because there's a babcox and wilcox nuclear plant that's buried in in their fucking town so like we always refer to them as dirty and you know nuclear waste and whatnot Uh uh-huh you know the usual stuff uh so none of this matters like we dressed up as like ghostbusters or whatever and my best friend gumby dressed up as like the running back for apollo and i tackled him and put him in handcuffs all this stuff none of that matters what matters is i wrote a song called No Scuzz. Instead of No Scrubs. This is right when No Scrubs came out. It was peak yeah. No Scrubs. Yeah, it was peak No Scrubs. This was your second hit of dopamine. Second hit of dopamine mm-hmm. because the night <laughs> He's before... He's so happy. He's so proud of the song. It's a good song. <laughs> the night before, Mrs. Lakino, who was the head coach for... Uh, the volleyball the, team, right? No, no, no. For the Our, cheerleaders. Oh, cheerleaders. Oh, that's right. uh, we did a rehearsal. And I, <laughs> I, I sang the, the first verse of the song. And she grabbed the microphone from me and goes, no, absolutely not. <laughs> I go, okay, 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 I'll change it. And I just like sang a, re- uh, a, a, like a redacted version. Yeah, a revised version. I cut like a lot of the stuff out and it was much shorter. And she goes, okay, but you have to do that version. I was like, okay. So the next day, I obviously go back to the original. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like right as it's the point where she's like on the cusp of like, is he going to do it or is he not? I just fully commit. Yeah. And she runs towards me to grab the mic and I just turn like this to finish the song. <laughs> 
The line oh, she didn't want man. me to say was, do you want to fight with me with no front teeth? Oh, no, I don't want no scuzz. <laughs> she was, she was uh, trying so hard to get the I mic for me. me. I was like, no. no front teeth. I'm like, that's the punchline. You got to get it. It really is the punchline. Oh, There's hit. a video of that somewhere. 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 Chad Rice has it somewhere. Oh, man, Chad, if you're There's watching. There's a video of, it's a, VHS. It's it's a, video of a young you Please. singing this song. Yeah. Wow. It's on VHS. It's on VHS. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll, get our, we'll get our resident Guapo to find it. I mean, okay. if it's on the internet, Guapo will find it, but I don't think mm -hmm. it is. Uh, Guapo will probably find the um, tape VHS at a local thrift shop. That's true. He, he, he <laughs> probably get us a VCR. He'll probably find a VHS yeah. of you saying that joke when you were nine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Something just, just hit, you know? I know. Yeah. You guys ready for St. Patty's Day tomorrow or what? I'm yeah. excited. Who said doing? I'm excited? Me. Why are you excited? Because it's fun. You don't drink. I know it's, I don't drink, but it's fun to watch. Are you the... going to go out? No. Then what are you excited about? I'm excited about? for the podcast tomorrow. It's oh, going to be fun. come on, man. The podcast is a warm-up. I don't go out. I don't no. do anything. Guys, I think we have to take Landon out I'm not tomorrow. going out. Don't mm. do it. I think we have to take Landon out tomorrow. Stop. Maybe. No. Yeah. You need to experience St. Patty's Day on the Strip. No, I don't. My dad you, owned no, you, a you bar definitely, in Florida. Steelers bar. You yep. definitely need to experience St. Patty's Day on the Strip. Nah, I might. It's uh, honestly, it's probably the closest thing to Mardi Gras that you'll ever experience. Yeah. I don't think I could ever do it again. It's you tough. lie. Well, because you know, I'm you like, lie. No, I mean, it you was lie. fun. It was really fun in my twenties, which he is in his twenties. So it should be fun. For you him. know, it wasn't that 40s. long ago that all of Greg's friends were in town and we did St. Patty's on the Strip. It was like 2019, 2018 ish. I wasn't there. Um, I think maybe you were. I was. I think you <laughs> were. Greg's actually going to be on the Strip uh, this weekend. I think. St. Patty's Day. Mm -hmm. We can go grind. No, we can go, go to, grind after to tomorrow for, for meat and basketball. Oh, I thought, I thought you guys were going to Red Rock today. Red Rock today and then Brent's tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. I'll consider it. <clears throat> it's March Madness, man. There's a lot of games going on. A lot of games. Might have to get, come on, Landon. We'll go, we'll go out for a little while and then we'll go find a 50-100 game somewhere. No, we won't. <laughs> or you can right. go find a down bad daily and play that since you're a tournament pro now. No. I'm going to stay home. I like being home. God. I'm going to tell Nikki and Caitlin to recruit you. I love yeah. being home. They have the power. They do. They don't. No, over, they over do. you, they do. No. Yes, for sure. <laughs> dance. Puppet dance. That's not 1100, 500K. See? Yes. Told you. We'll find some down bad daily. I'm playing that on Saturday, so I can't, I can't get uh, you know, too drunk tomorrow. God. What? It's such a shame. Landon's never even seen LeMan at his peak. He, eh, no, maybe not. No, you will, definitely though. not. You will. <laughs> what would you consider Brian Someday. when he was at FT Rail for you? Oh, like a five, a right? Like a four. Yeah, that was yeah. What I figured. That was that so was tame. Yeah. yeah, we need him. Randall to be... Emmett was in worse shape than Lamana, and I don't oh even think God. he was drinking. <laughs> Randall really came up. Yeah, he was not. He just wanted to support you. Hey, you Let's just... go, Bert. Mm -hmm. He's just yelling. <laughs> I, have, I have twelve blinds, man. <laughs> you you played one hand post like board comes ace high, and Randall just goes, "You got this, Bert. You got this. Let's go, baby." <laughs> It was right. I had it. You um, folded. Oh, I didn't have it then. No, you, had, you folded an ace because bro had a set. Oh, that's right. I'm so fucking good. Mm -hmm. I did have it. I had ace 10. I remember this hand. Or yep. ace nine, no, I had ace 9 of clubs. It, ace nine. Mm -hmm. it was a single raise pot. I bet one street and then fucking gave up because I knew. You did know. You had a set of sevens. Didn't matter. I didn't ladder. I should have just went broke that hand. <laughs> um, 
Quick reminder, we do still have two academies coming up. Uh, there is a Poker Out Loud Academy, April 15th. That's coming up quickly. A few seats remain for that. If you're interested, head to academy.solfroy.io. The Poker Out Loud Academy is four days long, two days of gameplay where you're playing Poker Out Loud and we are watching uh, in the back room doing commentary over your thoughts. And it's two days of strategy construction where we basically give you the broad strokes and uh, game theory principles necessary to put together a comprehensive strategy for all of the thoughts that you'll be speaking out loud. The Tournament Academy is May 24th to the 27th. That's going to be led by Matt Hunt. Also a four-day academy. Uh, it's going to break up a little bit differently. Each day there will be gameplay and strategy construction. Uh, each day will align with a different phase of the MTT. So day one will be early. Day four will be final tables for everybody involved. Uh, we'll have some prizes for everybody playing for so that you can figure out ICM and things of that nature. If you're interested in that, head to academy.solferwide.io, click on the banner above, and it will take you directly to the MTT Academy signup. Uh, that's it for us today. We're joined tomorrow by Nikki Limo and Caitlin Comiskey. They have a new project that they're planning on working on, so I'm excited to hear about that. Uh, they also have a fun, I don't know if it's a drinking game or not, but it's going to be a, a, a St. Patty's based theme game i suppose uh that we're gonna try to play so be sure to wear your green tomorrow we'll uh we'll be sweating a little bit of march madness for the rest of today and going into tomorrow's show and uh you know this is the luck of the irish we'll see you guys all then peace peace